This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Everybody, welcome. Another episode of On the Bench and a special one because I am talking to you, Zach Blostein. I'm talking to you with Adam Brown. But I'm also talking to you with the man of the hour, the, the, the busiest man in the FSU NIL landscape, and that is the Battles End CEO, Ingram Smith, a personal friend of mine. I know something that he probably doesn't want broadcast out there because that will totally nuke his professional and personal standing. But Ingram Smith is with us on this special post-ESD, post-mortem edition of On the Bench also sponsored by the Battle's End. So I'll probably keep my jabs at him to a minimum because he's paying my bills tonight. So you know what? Sponsor guy, I'll talk to you first. Ingram, how are you feeling after your first ESD as the president of the Battle's End, man? You've had a it, – it's been a crazy run, especially for you. Yeah, it's certainly been a eye-opening experience and incredible experience and a lot of things that I – thought I knew about the world of recruiting. I know that I do know now, and a lot of things I thought I knew, I, I was wrong. Uh, I mean, I, I will tell you that it's a lot of stuff on this that you don't – You just, it's just impossible to know unless you're on the other side of it, uh, particular NIL values. Uh, you know, nobody, nobody's gotten that formula right yet, and uh, because – because there's morons in the space who don't adhere to any formula <laughs> for, for good reason. So I'm going to be pretty, uh, you know, pretty reluctant to bag on people too much when there's just outliers all over the place. But uh, no, it was a good day, man. It was a, not to sound too, you know, formulaic or company man, but I, I think it was a good day for the program. Got some really high end kids uh, from the high school level. And then you're able to kind of more formally display the work that you've done in the transfer portal over the past couple of days or past couple of weeks. So uh fun day, you know, work, work to be improved upon and, and things that could be cleaned up. But uh, on the whole, I certainly didn't have, you know, the, significant un- unraveling that you did last year once signing day came. No, we, we all look much more mentally healthy, a lot less disheveled. Um, last year was a, was, a, was a test for everybody. So I definitely don't feel like I felt last year. I felt on the whole it was mostly positive. I do think that there are some things that can be cleaned up. And to, to be honest with you, Ingram, what you guys have done so far, especially with all the player retention stuff for an organization that – how long have you guys even officially been in existence? Is it less than a month? Yeah, it was. I mean, we. I believe we incorporated this either early December or you know we, there were some some things that we thought might transpire in the collective space that didn't. So we just decided to create our own thing, and uh, we've been around for you know maybe three, four weeks now or something like that. So thank you for that. We all appreciate that. But you decided to in three or four weeks the entity comes even into fruition right before signing day. So the fact that you could even get an organization running and being effective in that amount of time. That's pretty amazing, honestly. So we'll talk about all the ends. We'll talk about the specific recruits. Ingram can give his perspective from the other side on some of this stuff. Zach, 
you're looking fresh, man. You were all over South Florida on the phones and the car. You're looking good. We'll get all Zach's inside stories. And we'll get Adam's fresh, unvarnished perspective. He's got some things that he wants to get off his chest. The Just kidding. Takes, right? He's a big, cuddly teddy bear. But, Adam, I guess I'll start with you first, man. What was your thoughts overall on Florida State's early signing day? Just to give the the people listening some stats, right now this is combined with high school and transfer portal. It's the 17th overall class in the entire country. They've got a 90.03 average per recruit. So that averages out every single player as a four-star. And the blue trip ratio, actually, it bears that fruit. They had 22 current – I think they're all – signed of some sort so we're not even talking about commits anymore like 22 members of the class 11 of the 11 of those were four stars or higher so that's a right in the middle 50 percent blue trip ratio that's what you're that's what you're looking for to compete for the upper echelon of college football there is a marked difference though when you when you um when you separate transfer portal and the high school four out of the six transfer portal guys so two-thirds of them four stars or better uh, and then seven out of the 16 high school guys, so a little less than half were four stars or better. So that's where that's where the class sits by the numbers. Of course, uh, 24-7's rankings are pristine, so everything that we say is gospel, obviously. Shout out to Dabo Swinney. But, you know, r- r- rankings are subjective, and each player brings something to the table. So, Adam, what do you think of Florida State's efforts so far for Tribe 23, how it's borne out so far, not completed yet? I think it's bearing out basically how it's been the entire time. It's good, just not good enough. Um, I think in the end, they continue to come up short in this realm. And I don't, I think there's some process issues that need to be figured out and figured out quickly so that you could take the next step. All so far in the month of December, I've heard we're out of rebuild, championships, recruiting effort doesn't seem to bear that out. Um, I'm, maybe that's negative, and I shouldn't be negative, but I think it's just reality. I'm really thrilled with what they're doing in the portal, really thrilled with player retention, what they're bringing back, and pushing the chips all in on what this upcoming season can be potentially. Um, but you've got to start developing depth through bringing guys in at the high school ranks, especially at the line of scrimmage, and we just continue to kind of fall short there. Um, it was disappointing to lose a Keldrick Falk today. I thought that was a big-time recruitment that, Unfortunately, went the other direction. Uh, I just think you you continue to look at spots where we're not reaching these blue chip ratios that we want to be reaching, and questioning why. Yeah, why and I th- yeah, and I think th- I think that's fair, and I think a lot of people would definitely agree with you. I would say that I think a lot of the reason that you could see like the market difference in the transfer portal is that for a certain extent, Tribe Twenty Three had to recruit through the stink of a five and seven season. Now that didn't just happen like out of the air, obviously coaches, players, circumstances you couldn't control were responsible for that. Whereas you can see that transfer portal class, they get to immediately capitalize on the fruits of this past season. So hopefully that's more of a harbinger of things to come. And 24 looks like that. I can tell you from where they're sitting right now, it does kind of look like it, but I think that those are very valid points Adam. and we can talk to like some of the processes and maybe some of the things that they can clean up. Cause it's not, they don't need an overhaul. This wasn't doom and gloom mm-hmm. like last year. Sure. In my opinion, I think it's minor tweaks. Uh, Zach, what do you think? How do you think the day went? And you saw this, you saw this cycle from soup to nuts, my brother. What did you think about it? Yeah, I think it, it went, um, you know, I would I would put it average, I guess, right? Like like A.B. said, I think you kind of wanted to keep 
Keldrick Falk in the class, obviously one of the, one of the crown jewels of the class before he flipped to Auburn. Um, but, you know, an underrated thing of this is like in past years, we really haven't seen FSU been able to lock down their commit list basically completely um, in December's early signing period. That's what they did this this time around. Um, they got all, I don't know how many it, it ended up being, I think 15, 16 um, guys to, to lock in for right now um, in the December early signing period. And, you know, I don't think they're going to worry too much about February, um, the, the traditional national signing day, which, you know, in, in past years, that's become a, a focus for FSU because of, you know, the turmoil of, of a postseason um, after not having a great regular season. So um, I think that's like an underrated positive of the day um, yeah. that we're not having as the staff isn't having to worry about, you know, the 2023 class for the next two months and they can start moving on to 2024 and building those relationships which, you know, I think it, it is an underrated and an important aspect of what some of these tupper, uh, top and, uh, and upper echelon teams in college football are doing nowadays. Um, but, yeah, I would like to see a little bit more star power. Um, but there's still some some guys that I think, uh, you know, in two, three years can be dudes for FSU. Um, and obviously you got some guys at the top of the class like Hakeem Williams, Lucas Simmons, uh, Blake Nicholson, Keith Sampson that are all impressive prospects on their own. That's a good point, man. Because in past years, it has been they've been having to do back work, right? Yeah. Like a kid took a kid that should have been signed in December took it to February. Like they've had to do that. They've had to hit on some spots where they missed. They don't have to do that anymore. They did a really good job of locking down all their current commits. Minus one, we'll talk about it. But they did a good job of locking them, getting them signed early, and there was no none of that like um, NLI drama that. <laughs> Today was nuts, man. Like it, it's funny because like Florida State, where I'd say overall the fans are either mildly positive or mildly disappointed. Dude, we are so far in the middle of that bell curve from all the swings that happened from both. Man, it was it was a very volatile uh, early signing day. But I think that's a good point, Zach. And I think Norvell, I think probably said it best. A good way to describe this recruiting class: you met needs. You had needs that needed to be filled. You filled them all, and you filled your top needs with top-quality players. Hakeem Williams, stud. Lucas Simmons, stud. Blake Nicholson, man, a, a dude, a guy that can play. So your needs were met. It just wasn't like the upper, upper tier where it's always needs plus, needs stacking. So they're not there yet. I think they will be. I, I think the best way to go through it is we can just go down all of the, the players uh, based on, I guess we can start from the highest rated guys down to the lowest, unless Zach or Adam, do you guys want to talk about the guy that they didn't get and then maybe some guys that are still out there first, or do you want to go through the guys that actually signed? I'm dealer's choice. I'm fine with either. Uh, let's go through the ones that did sign, then we can get into uh, Falk and who's kind of left on the board. Ingram Smith, Hakeem Williams, a guy that Florida State was linked with last year coming off that 5-7 and seven season. I would have bet the ability to ever eat blue Doritos again that Florida State had absolutely zero shot of signing this kid. I really would not a chance. Like Texas A&M, Miami, especially after Crystal Ball, not a chance. They locked him down. They kept him in the class. Florida State, for all the talk, the legitimate talk about possibly some processes issues, some closing issues, nothing. Nothing with Hakeem Williams, dude. I don't think the kid ever set foot. I don't think the kid ever set foot on another campus besides Florida State for the past like month, month and a half. Ingram, this is the type of kid that could that can take Florida State over the hump. Talk about Hakeem for a bit. 
No, I mean, you know, there's some disappointments uh, today, uh, but there's no disappointment associated with Hakeem Williams, that's for sure. And I don't know that this was ever um, all that, you know, all that dramatic of a situation. I mean, I, I kept fielding calls. I said this on the Nolcast earlier. I field calls almost every day for last week, uh, multiple times, people concerned about Hakeem Williams. And I, I couldn't really figure out where it was coming from uh, and, and certainly not to a point where I ever got concerned about it. I mean, I just, um, you know, I don't know all the details on uh, on all the high school recruitments, but I certainly have followed recruiting for a long time. I didn't see Hakeem take any trips anywhere that appeared to be tied to visit another school. Uh, you know, I know that he he made uh, a couple quick trips to Miami uh, immediately after the commitment or sometimes shortly after the commitment, but Never saw him took an, an official visit anywhere. I never had a, you know, you never saw anything on social or anything else that made you think that there were other coaches in his living room every other night. So I, I think that uh, on this one, credit done, you know, credit credit needs to be given to the staff, to uh, other supportive pieces of the process that allowed to get this commitment based off the early performance coming out of the gate. And, uh, man, I don't know that it ever – you know, it ever really wavered. This this one was one that I I was not a concern for me personally, and I don't think the coaching staff were were all that worried about losing today. Yeah, dude, he spent more time playing. And if with he really Dolphins. sent his yeah, Go if ahead. he sent his LOI in at seven and one, then he's uh, even cooler than I than I yeah, was. Yeah, uh, so so I confirmed that actually that that he had sent it in. Um, he had sent it in at seven and one. Was processed by Florida State around eight thirty a.m. in the morning. Um, and I went to Hakeem Williams announcement, uh, you know, side note, it was an awesome deal again. Um, yeah. like his September ceremony, he, uh, he had a DJ there was held at his middle school and they handed out in Hakeem, we trust shirts and the entire like, <laughs> uh, middle school body was all wearing them. I mean, I, I posted a photo of him taking a, uh, a pic with all the, uh, the kids afterwards, pretty cool moment. His whole family was there, his middle school coach, high school coach, um and it it actually run like was ran like really well they had his highlights played on the on the side so it it was cool um but yeah so i reported um after speaking to some people there that i was told that Deion sanders himself called hikey williams while while he was on his way to his ceremony um by the way his his nli was already processed and everything by fsu which is something that these coaches at other schools can check um and i'm told that (laughs) Deion sanders is not the only guy that or not the only head coach that was that was hounding Williams in his camp um up until he he signed uh Mario Cristobal was absolutely blowing up not only Hakeem's phone but multiple people in that camp's phone up until that announcement and man that dude is wild let's just say that um I was made privy of some of those messages and yeah relentless is a word but um you know I mean some of that stuff is borderline crazy um but i guess that's just how he rolls um not something <laughs> i would i would support and not something that i don't i don't think fsu does any of, the, of what i saw so um no awesome awesome get by fsu uh i was never worried you know i, I kind of reported earlier today that about the letter of intent already being signed and set into fsu and then just waiting to announce it for his ceremony so i think fsu fans kind of knew earlier on that not to worry about this one it was nice, man. It was like the antithesis of the Travis Hunter thing, and I only bring up that comparison because Hakeem did it himself. It was like jubilant, dude. It was a yeah. celebration. It was signed, sealed, delivered. Chops were thrown everywhere. Hats. like it, it was nice, man, and it was 
it was good to get that one across the finish line. Ingram, what did you have to say, my friend? Yeah, I, I don't know that I saw you know something that has been confirmed by uh, by the authorities, but I saw <laughs> some messages that I were just like, dude, if this is actually from a coach, and one of them was just a random Twitter graphic that I was yeah. like, are you are you just grabbing shit off Twitter and sending it to recruits? No, big game. Wait, saw, wait was, I think we saw the same messages. Oh, was, it a, exactly uh, was it a big game boomer chart of the <laughs> coaches that like have that. the most swag? It was a graphic no. kind of explaining like Miami was better in FSU in some category, a screenshot from Twitter. Except for the score. Yeah. Category. Yeah. Holy hell. How, how many wins over the last three years for you? I can't remember. I just remember looking at this and being like, Damn. Sometimes I'm blown away by the process here, and sometimes I'm just like, "Wow, okay." So we're just we're just maybe he, maybe he should pull a Dabo and handed out Bibles for uh, yeah. NIL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, that's great, and that that that's honestly coming from you, who grew up in the fires of like southeastern like Georgia recruiting. You've seen some things, and th- the messages you saw were. They they grabbed your attention, big man. I, I was just surprised. I mean, I was just not what I would think that that's the last pitch. And maybe it wasn't. Maybe I saw some, you know, uh, BS graphic or something like that. But it sounds like Zach and I saw the same thing, yeah, which makes me probably. think that I probably saw something that's authentic. Two independent sources. It's the truth. Adam, Hakeem Williams game. What do we get? You got any player comps? What um, does Florida say? Have anybody remotely like him on a roster of pretty talented wide receivers right now? Uh, no. They don't. Um, okay, big, that was quick. Yeah. Big, physical, fast, balance, uh, explosive, body control, hands. I mean, he's got the full package. He's a, there's a reason he's number 15 player overall, a five-star wide receiver. He's There's a reason he was so coveted. He, to me, was hands down the number one receiver in the class this year. He was the number one receiver that I wanted them to pursue and go after. They went out and got him. Hat tip to Ron Dugans, Mike Norvell, Alex Atkins, anybody that was involved in this. Uh Hat tip to Coach Shu. If you know, you know. Um, good, good guy. Uh, so, yeah, it's one of those deals. Like, be excited about this one. Hopefully, he's going to come bring that work, eth- bring that work ethic with him to Tallahassee. Work his tail off, get some reps next year. As far as like player comps, I don't know. Bro. I, I, haven't, I haven't thought about this too much. If he's a I, unicorn, I he's Brendan, a unicorn. Kind of said Jordy Nelson. I, I never. Julio I, know, I never loved that one. Huh? Julio Jones. I've heard some people. Julio Jones. I don't know. His game's different than that. Though. Yeah, he's not quite as long and and yeah. I wouldn't call him Julio. I don't know. I don't know who to compare him to. Just uh, I I, I call I, I thought AJ Brown, but he's not as AJ Brown's short, stocky. Not, he's not short. He's like six foot six one. He's <laughs> stockier and thicker than what Hakeem is. But their games remind me the most because Hakeem is a guy who I think could take the top off down the field with speed. But he's more likely to catch a dig route, break a tackle, and then take it. Like that that's he's a very physical player. I like all those comps. I don't know which one's right, but it doesn't matter to me. All those sound good, in Be my excited. opinion. Be very excited. Lucas Simmons, another one, dude. Florida State's we don't have to do the yeah, he's a guard, maybe a right tackle, he can cross train. No, my Swedish brother. He is a tackle through and through. Demaryius Thomas. That's that's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, Lucas Simmons, guys. Zach, the story of Lucas Simmons' commitment. I mean, they did such a good job with him. Whatever they said to this kid resonated. It stuck. He was heavily pursued. This is a kid, high, high four star, like a top top ten 
offensive tackle in the country, we know that that is a coveted position when a kid is a no-doubt surefire tackle coming out of school. What's the what's the story behind Lucas Simmons, man, uh, their second-highest-rated commit? Yeah, I mean, when's the last time FSU's gotten a, an elite-level left tackle prospect um, that isn't some 6'7", 200-pound kid that's got to be developed over eight years? <laughs> he's got a great frame, um, though. He's yeah, really he's good frame. frame. <laughs> no, I mean, Lucas Simmons still has some development to do. Don't get me wrong. But I, mean, but I mean, 6'8", 300 pounds, already a guy that, that's dominating at the high school level. Um, as far as the story of his recruitment, not a guy that was about, that was about recruiting hype, was all business-oriented, um, really genuine dude. I think that's kind of why Florida State got, um, you know, had some inroads here. Um, took four official visits over the summer in the month of June, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Florida, USC, and Florida State. And then made a decision in July based on those four schools. FSU won out um, against you know some some NIL powerhouses like a Tennessee um, and, and a UF uh, and obviously USC. All three schools that are that are doing well in those uh, categories. Um, but man, that, that was a huge get for Alex Atkins. And not only did they get him then, you know they 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 keep him solidly committed, even though he he took uh, I think I believe a, an unofficial visit for a UF game. Um, later on in the season, you know, after that, there was really no worry about him signing. Uh, makes it official today, which was huge for for FSU as they as they look to uh, further improve an already uh, um, you know up and up offensive line room that Alex Atkins has improved a ton since he got here. All right, I want to move on to Blake Nicholson, but first, Lucas Simmons, Adam Brown, your favorite recruit of the entire class? No, Taikim. Whoa, that's wow, a good dude. That's pretty. That picking somebody over a big nasty, interesting man. That's I did not expect that, and I've been doing shows with him. That's for high a praise minute. for Hakeem Williams. That is high, high praise. praise. Speaking of another kid who deserves high <laughs> praise, four-star California linebacker from California, Blake Nicholson, Ingram Smith. This best linebacker that Florida State signed in a while, right? From California. Yeah, from the high school ranks, probably the best uh, linebacker you've signed since since Djak. Uh, but <clears throat> a guy where you had some some nice relationships, as far as I think uh, uh, Derek Ray knew the family. I think he's from that town, or, or yeah. has some kind of uh, family ties to yep. to that part of California. And obviously, Derek comes from the uh, the West Coast uh, from his private, previous place of employment. Uh, yeah, I mean, just a legit ass linebacker something you haven't signed in a while <laughs> and a different level of linebacker than you've signed in quite a while and uh a guy who's you know has a has a frame to play or than i think most will expect probably a little bit of a, a adjustment getting here but uh yeah i see early and that's my couple of uh, uh DJ Mundy's uh, offensive snaps as well as he gets more comfortable in the program as well. So those numbers were eye popping, man. If there's like the the line, we're going to be the the linebacker, goal line, fullback hybrid like powerhouse, dude. I cannot wait. Adam Keith Sampson. I think some of that was specifically done for Nicholson. To be honest with you, it but really that's the what makes some sense. I like that. that. Okay. For Nicholson's a freak. I mean, this, this is the kind of athlete they've needed in the linebacker room. We've talked about, you know, guys like Amari Gainer have been highlighted for, for a while. We'll see how Nicholson gets in here and gets comfortable at being a college linebacker. 
and gets developed, but I mean, he's got the potential to be the real deal. Adam, Keith Sampson, four-star uh-huh. defensive yeah. lineman from New Bern. What do you think about his game? Where is he lining up along the defensive front? I mean, I think he's probably a three-tech for you. Big, you know, explosive, gets off the ball really well. Big hand striker, plays with leverage, um, you know, comes off nice and low. Which, are, you know, these are all traits you want your deep D tackles to do. He's a, he's a penetrator, though. Um, you know, if you re- recall back to our Daryl Jackson scouting report, he's a guy who's a space eater, going to eat up blocks. Samson's going to get after the quarterback. He's going to get up the field, get get shoot gaps, and, and play in the backfield. Um, so it's a nice it's a nice pairing. They've brought in a lot of guys that can kind of eat blocks and hold space. This is a guy who's, who can push the pocket and, and be a, a menace uh, to the quarterback from the interior of the defensive line. How much – when do we think? Early contributor or is he going to need a year or two to season? I don't know. I mean, first off, it was huge that they were able to lock him down, get him signed. Uh, there was some – you know, he might wait till February, and then, you know, you do those kind of games that you never know what the hell is going to happen in the second uh, kind of recruiting window there. It was huge they were able to get him lock, lock him down this past weekend on his official visit, get him signed today. Um, is he an early contributor? That room's got some guys. I mean, Daniel Lyons, Bishop Thomas, uh, Ayo Tafasi, uh, Farmer, Mal- Josh Farmer, Malcolm Ray, Josh Farmer, Daryl Jackson. You've got guys in that room that are that are pretty talented. I would I, I would think Thompson's or uh, I'm sorry, Samson's probably a year two contributor. Get him in here, develop him some, develop his body, get some of that baby fat off, put some muscle on him. Um, you know, let him get used to Odell's coaching, kind of get used to that technique that Odell likes to teach. Um, I wouldn't say he's a day one contributor, but you know, who, who knows? You get a couple blowouts, you get him four games, and see what you got. Ingram, let's move on to another an edge prospect who I know you were receiving no calls uh, about him moving his commitment. That's Lamont Green Jr. The boots, uh, because if that kid ever decided to go other than Florida State. Uh, I don't know how what's like the age limit to be in an orphanage, but his dad would have immediately disowned him. So I wasn't worried about it. Uh, Lamont Green Jr., man, like Ingram, you're a historian of Florida State football. What does it mean to get this this very talented legacy prospect? No, man, it's awesome. I mean, Lamont, I believe, was the USA Today player of the year coming out of Southridge High School 25, 30 years ago or whatever. So certainly has some pretty dynamic, uh, you know, genes or bloodlines there or whatever else. But uh a good <clears throat> prospect in his own right works his tail off, you know, benefits from the fact that his dad has an idea of what it takes to, to be successful at a level like this. And uh, you know, plays, plays at a decent level from a high school perspective. I have a family friend who's uh, who's actually got a, some a son at, uh, at the high school and has just kind of talked to me for years about Lamont green jr. And is wildly impressed by him and a guy who I've, value his uh, opinion on athletics because he was a professional athlete and now coaches in the, you know, in baseball. So it's not just some random Joe who's observing a kid grow and turn into a, a real legit player. So uh, whereas the, the previous prospect that we talked about, I think Samson is wildly raw, but needs a year with storms to kind of remake his body mm-hmm. uh, and to turn into a college football player uh, boots, you know, there's, he boots is ready uh boots will, will be ready from a, a weight room training perspective as much as anybody in this classroom so be interested to see what they can do as far as the talent development there but uh a guy who's you know aware as to what he's getting into and will be as ready to contribute as anybody in the class 
six three and a half, two twenty eight. Put some weight on there, but yeah, like you said, I feel very um, like a, a kid well matured beyond his years, like a pro, like a veteran at like eighteen years old. He's going to come in and do the work, and he's a highly productive kid. Speaking of productivity. Vandrevious Jacobs, all day Dre from Vero Beach. Not quite Brevard County, but pretty close. So I, I'm very familiar with my people out in Vero. A kid that one of, like, this never usually happens, the fan base screaming, when's he going to get his four-star? When's he going to get his four-star? It only took about 9 million yards and 800 touchdowns. He got his fourth star, locked in with Florida State, the rebirth of the donk in full effect. My God, what a... Shout out to Ron Dugans, just donking all over this class, man. Two very, very talented prospects, and another we'll talk about. But Zach, all day Dre, man. Like, the kid blew up. He was extremely productive, and he he was solidly locked into Florida State. Any intrigue behind this recruitment? Maybe any, like, suitors that we didn't know about? Because Florida State fended him off really easily. Yeah, not that I know of as far as other suitors. I'll check on that in the coming days. We're going to... Brennan and I are planning to do kind of a backstory um, recruitment, uh, either you know, podcast or story um, on the site, uh, you know, in the, in the next week or so. So that so that should be uh, fun and something to look forward to. Um, but Dre, not not you know, I wasn't made aware of any uh, drama late with him or throughout his recruiting process. Honestly, committed to FSU a long time ago. I believe it was last summer, and I mean, you know. Had a, had a pretty good season for Vero Beach uh, in his junior season, but, man, his senior year was crazy. 100, pa- 100 catches for 1,500 yards and 21 touchdowns. Um, just an absolutely absurd st- uh, stat line, especially in the state of Florida. You know, I, you know I'm not sure that Vero's playing an, an insane level of competition, um, but he's dominating and doing what he's supposed to do. And if you watch the film, um, you can see, you know, what, what I'm talking about. I mean, this is a dude that, that just uh, – an absolute playmaker um, can do a bunch. And, and I think uh, Mike Norvell and the FSU staff are really excited to, to get to work with him. Adam, Sam Singleton, Fleming Island, four-star running back. The only running back of the class. You chuckled when I said his name. Perfect. I don't know. Sam. Why? <laughs> no reason. Go ahead, bud. Well, let me let me know what you think of his game. Another highly productive. The only running back in the class. What what, what do you like about his game? What, what What else do you have of note to say? We loved what uh, we lo- we watched this senior tape this morning uh, on the show, and loved everything we saw. I mean, he he's a a true one cut running back, um, explosive as all get out. I mean, he could get down the field in a hurry. I think I heard Yak uh, on their little uh, coaching wrap up or early signing day wrap up today talk about him being like a ten five hundred guy. I mean, the speed jumps out at you immediately. You see him on outside zone, what he can do. He looks so much like Trey Benson. Not as big and as physical as Trey is, but he looks so much like him with the running style. Kind of runs upright, but just so stinking fast. Um, I mean, I think they've got to be thrilled to have him in the program. Uh, I hope to see some versatility out of him, whether he catches the ball well. You don't see a lot of that on his tape, but I'm sure it's in his game. Um, showed, showed the ability to run inside, which is something off his junior film that we were worried about. Did show some of that ability in his senior year, showed the physical uh, nature to run hard inside, get tough yards. So, I mean, he looks like the complete package. I think you could understand why he's a, a four-star running back. Um, they they should be happy. They've got him to add him to that room. I think he's a nice compliment to Rodney Hill, who is a really physical kind of uh, decisive running back that, that I think can run counter, 
very well for you. Then I think you could come with Sam. You can put the two of them in the backfield, run outside zone, run counter with the two of them out of a pony look and be very successful. Yeah, and Hill's got good hands too, right? Like he's a threat out of the yeah. backfield. Yeah. Once again, complimentary. And if it's – I'm excited as the Mike Norville era progresses. If we can keep – leveling up the amount of talent that he's had because you've seen what he's done with like juco castoffs like two-star guys at memphis you've seen what he's done with like three-star guys and dudes that people even question that they should have had a, an offer and trey benson you've seen what he's done with these people guys coming off catastrophic injuries you give him elite talent spooky hours as the children say i think i think the one thing we've learned um if anything is to always trust mike norbell with running back takes yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not. Ab, I had a question for you on on Singleton. Who whose game does he relate to the most on currently on FSU's roster? You think? I think it's Trey. I think it's Trey Benson. I mean, I think that they they're very they're very tight footed, so they run very narrow. Um, they're one cut guys. They're going to get downhill. They look to get their shoulder pads square and get north south as fast as they can. Zach. South Florida DBs, let's start talking about it. Edwin Joseph, who actually committed today. Uh, he is from Shamanan Madonna. He is listed as a three-star athlete on uh, on 24-7. I think he's a little bit underrated, at least from what I've seen from an athletic perspective, because if you look at the quality of offer, and if you look at the intensity that this kid's recruitment generated, doesn't scream high three-star to me. Um Give us the inside scoop on this, man, because came to FSU, wasn't supposed to go to Louisville, made it to Louisville, kind of did like a Keldrick Falk last minute, like one-day visit thing, and it looked like it came down to the wire, but Florida State felt really confident about this kid. What, what, what? Give me the inside story behind Edwin Joseph, just a uh, – we haven't talked about Conrad Hussey yet, which I think is the top-tier South Florida DB recruitment, but this one is 1B, man. It's just a prototypical South Florida DB recruitment. Let me know what happened with Edwin. Yeah, so took an official visit to Florida State two weekends ago. Um, I think this it was kind of all but locked up uh, for Edwin and FSU. After that visit, I think he was planning to do an announcement at the uh, Saturday National Championship game that his team played, Shaman Madonna, played out in Las Vegas. Um, that obviously didn't happen, like you alluded to. He went to Louisville for a uh, last-minute visit um, this past Sunday. Um, but he told me today, I went to his ceremony uh, where he announced for Florida State that he knew that FSU uh, was his school and he, he made the decision um, that Sunday night or, or mo on Monday. So, um, you know, it looks like FSU did a great job of fending off the potential suitors. And Louisville honestly wasn't even the team that I was most worried about um, or I think FSU was worried about down the stretch. I think Miami was trying to make a late run. Um, Mario Cristobal, um, I believe multiple uh, members of that coaching staff met with Joseph's parents uh, this previous Friday. Um, he was out in Las Vegas for the game, preparing for that national championship game, but they did meet with his parents and this is a guy that they were trying to, um, get in with late. Um, and yeah, I mean, a, a great job by, by the staff to, to, to fend it off. Um, and a guy that I think can contribute for you. And, and like you said, I think he's a little underrated. Um, and you know, he mentioned to me that they're probably going to uh, play him a little bit at nickel to start. Um, and I think that's a good, good fit for him. Um, AB, what are your thoughts on kind of um, what Edwin brings to this program? Yeah, I agree. We we put out a uh, it's on X's and O's. We put out a scouting report today on him. Um, maybe had that done a little early. I don't know. Uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, just, I, just fired it quick. 
he, he is a nickel, very good feet, uh, very athletic. Um, isn't as big as you would like to play on the outside. They want to get bigger, longer on the outside. That doesn't necessarily fit his fit what he is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's super athletic, really good feet. Um, it's what you're kind of looking for out of the nickel spot. Good ball skills, you know. I mean, all the buzzwords he checks, but they got to get <laughs> They got to get him in here and figure it out. Figure out where he plays best. He reminds you of any like recent Florida State DBs at all? Or you want to watch him play? Um, I, this isn't a. It's going to sound like a shot, but it's not a shot. He, he kind of reminds me of like a better Kevin Knowles. Yeah, I think like, that's I'm fair. not trying to take a shot at Kevin Knowles. Like I like no, Kevin Knowles. And we've been critical of his play this year, but yeah, he kind of reminds me of like an upgraded version of him. A little bit faster. Uh, a little bit longer, just in his arms. Um, yeah. Yeah, just a little bit more athletic. Uh, yeah. Ingram, Brock Glenn, the quarterback from Tennessee. Uh, he's a three-star. He was a four-star. I think that for what he does for Mike Norvell's offense, like we watched the highlight tape on X's and Knowles, the, the, the type of stuff, the type of concepts that he's doing just – a absolutely tailor-made fit for Mike Norvell's offense. I think the kid even said as much in his like post like interviews like this this offense is tailored for me. It was their preferred quarterback of the cycle of like Chris Parson and Ricky Collins. I think that they zeroed in on Brocklin. They got their guy. They pulled him from Ohio State. Ohio State had a very interesting signing day. Not not very Ohio Statey, which their fans annoy me, so it doesn't bother me at all. But anyway, what do you think about Brock Lynn with the story behind the recruitment? It was one of those ones where the relationship, the, the kid really did need proof of concept. He had it, and then boom, Mike and the boys got him. Yeah, I think it's just a nice pickup. I think you need to stack quality arms, and this is one of those, and he fits your system really well. Uh, I agree, Trey, that of the quarterbacks that you thought you were going to have a legitimate chance at in this class – uh, he certainly appeared to be their uh, their premier option, and um, you know they were successful in ultimately getting him back. And I don't blame anybody that commits to Ohio State right now with where that program is and what it's been over the last five years or so, particularly compared to where Florida State's been. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think you just got to grab one of these a year, and you grabbed uh, you grabbed Duffy last year. Uh, I, my friend demands that I call him Space Jam since he saw this t-shirt with him wearing it once. And uh, I don't know why my best friend's voice just popped into my head there as I was looking for AJ's name. But anyways, there you guys know. Uh, so you got Space Jam, you got Brock Glenn, and then you got a super dynamic kid out of Savannah next year, Luke. And if you can sign uh, those three guys consistently, then we've certainly gotten out of this process where we just don't high sign high school quarterbacks for years on end. And uh is he a super elite prospect? Uh, no, but is he a really good prospect and a guy that you want to get into a habit of signing each year? A hundred percent. Well said, Zach, Darren Goldie Lawrence didn't take his official visit, did sign with FSU at this point. Do we think that the receiver prospect out of Sanford, do we think that he's going to end up making it into Florida state's class? I mean, I don't think they'd let him sign if it wasn't manageable. I think you've already talked about that, but any more info on that recruitment got a little squirrely there near signing day. Yeah. I mean, just the same as kind of what I reported before okay. that, um, you know, FSU feels like it's a manageable situation with his academics. He's got a little bit of work to do. Um, but they feel like, you know, if he if he locks in and, and just gets his uh, work done, 
um, he'll be good to go to enroll uh, this coming summer. Adam, I'm going to give you a little BOGO opportunity here. Kitten Kirkland, the safety from Jacksonville. Jabril Rawls, the cornerback from Pensacola, Florida. What do you think about these two prospects, guys at Florida State locked up? I mean, signed, sealed, delivered, no issues. What do you think about both their games? Which one do you Great. think? I mean, do you think upside at all, or what, what do you think about their games? Kirk, Kirkland for sure. Rawls, uh, I think he's got to come in here and get in his weight program and put some mass on. Both are really rangy prospects, though. Um, think they could line up at safety. Think they could Rawls more corner than, than Kirkland, but um, yeah, I, I think that they got to get in here, get themselves developed, but really rangy, which which is what they're looking for. Zach, the two prospects out of Mississippi, the Joneses, Jaden Jones, the Juco defensive lineman, defensive end, Quindarius Jones. I forgot that he existed, even though he is a very talented prospect, a guy that showed up really well in that. That Mississippi All-Star game, there was a lot of reports that Florida State had really kind of uncovered a nice hidden gym there. Quindarius Jones, the uh, the cornerback. Well, their recruitments were funny, man. They they locked it in, and then that was it. FSU all the way. What what do you think about these two guys? Jones is Jaden Jones, pronouns pal, is coming off of an injury. Um, what do you think about these two prospects? Yeah, I I like the upside for Jaden Jones. I know he's a guy that the Florida State staff is excited about. Um, had a season-ending season ACL injury um, in, in his uh, this past year at Hutchinson Community College. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, FSU wants to get in their program, get him going through the rest of the rehab process and, and start, you know, getting acclimated to to their college, um, you know, lifting uh, regimen. And I think, uh, you know, if he's able to get under Josh Storms and buy in there, man, he could be pretty special. Um, FSU literally offered him off of practice film from this past uh, spring. Um, and not, they weren't the only school to do that. I mean, there were multiple other power five schools, Missouri, Houston, a few others. Um, and he uh, committed a few months after that, you know, hasn't been a, in a worry since. And, you know, I've kind of said this multiple times. I think Brendan has too, you know, maybe in two, three years, we're looking back at kind of how this recruitment panned out. And we're, we're saying that FSU maybe got a little bit lucky that he wasn't able to play senior or his last season at Hutchinson. And, you know, you know as bad that, as that might sound for the kid, you know, obviously a, a bad situation, never want to, you know, miss out on, on, on playing football. Um, but, but a guy that FSU definitely values and, and thinks um, can, can have a bright future in Tallahassee. Um, Elite. Then, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Zach. And then Quindarius Jones, just wanted to touch on him real quick. Mm-hmm. Another guy that FSU, um, both kind of, you know, under the radar dudes, um, especially Quindarius, uh, surprise he hasn't, you know, reported another offer. Chris was kind of talking about that earlier, um, on the, on the live stream of the early signing day stuff. Um, but a guy that FSU had at their elite camp, Kevin Little was, was super high on him. Um, literally, you know, knew nothing about the recruits there as far as, uh, you know, who they were. And that was a guy that stood out to Kevin. Well, a, a little after that camp, they offer him get a commitment really quickly. Um, and it, it, he's been solid ever since. Um, a dude that uh, they think will, will start at safety, um, stands six foot two, 190 pounds at a Meridian High School over there in Mississippi. A guy that also stars on uh, the track and field, um, does long jump, 100 and 200 meter dashes. Um, yeah, just a, a really athletic kid who can do a lot. Um, I believe, I don't know if it was Adam Fuller or Mike Norvell, but but someone said at a press conference today that he could play um, basically six positions on defense because of how versatile he is. Fuller actually said they're they're going to start him at corner. Okay, in really. The, in the nice. thing after afterwards today. 
Nice. That, that's pretty versatile. Uh, six out of the 11 dudes on the field. That's pretty versatile. Um, we talked a lot about Chris. I guess, is he Andre Otto now? Did we do like a Meta World yeah, Peace thing? Yeah, I think we thing? actually changed okay. the name because that's okay. what I announced it by. Andre Otto, it, it doesn't matter. To me, he's Alfredo Scorsese. He's in. We talked a lot about him. Mauler, smart kid, future film star, best of the best, cream of the crop, totally underrated. Can't wait to give him a couple years with Storms and hopefully a couple years with Atkins. We'll see how that one goes. I'll save the last high school one for you, Ingram, because he's a Georgia boy. DeMarco Ward, the linebacker from Georgia, highly productive, and a guy who is – I think he's practicing right now with FSU, man. What do you think about DeMarco Ward? What do people around Georgia say about his game? Yeah, didn't love it uh, when I first saw the commitment, to be honest with you. Sure. Uh, his tape from this year was a hell of a lot better and uh, significantly assuaged concerns uh, that I have, and my concerns don't matter. So, you know, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> I disagree. But, uh, it, it did look like a significantly better player. And, uh, you know, a guy who played on a, a – Duluth is a is a solid little program here uh, in Metro Atlanta and played a decent level of competition in high school. And, um, you know, I, I would not have the concerns that maybe I did about that commitment a couple months ago. Adam, you agree? Did you see was uh, it more athleticism, we, guys? What did you see we, that kind of assuaged we, that a little bit? We put his film on this morning and my thoughts are exactly what Ingram's saying. It was night and day. Um his junior film, he called a lot. He really took, he really was just kind of eating up blockers and guards the whole, uh, in, in every highlight, you saw some flashes of him, uh, uh, getting through gaps and, and shooting gaps and finding space and making plays, but not, not much of it this year. It was really a lot of, you saw him finding, finding a window, getting through it, playing in the backfield, looked more explosive, kind of looked like he, maybe he knew what he was doing now. I don't know what his high school uh, time has been like, if he's always been a linebacker or whatever. But uh, Shannon talked about him being a, a, a two-way a two-way guy, played all the time, couple, played a couple different sports. They really like that. Um, yeah, I, I thought his, his film looked much better. I felt a lot better coming away today after watching him uh, than I was going into the day. Those are all the high school signees. I want to talk about the transfer guys. I don't want to go into too much detail, not because they're not worthy of it. Um, they're awesome. Like All the guys involved in transfer portal recruiting, coaches, staff, third-party people uh, have been murking the transfer portal. It's been straight ponage. It's very, very impressive. The only reason I'm not going into detail is because as soon as they happen, we do commits, and you guys know all about their games. But Keandre Jones – Guard from Auburn, Jeremiah Byers, the versatile uh, offensive lineman from UTEP, Casey Roddick, inside O lineman from Colorado, screw you prime. Kyle Morlock, the guy who looks like the dude from The Office from Shorter University, except extremely good football player. Jaheim Bell, human highlight reel. Daryl Jackson, come on home. Those are all the transfer portal guys right now. So we talked about all the guys that have happened. Got to have a full, well-rounded discussion here, but I did want to give the kids that decided to come to Florida State the time and the attention that they deserve. Let's talk about the guys that said no and the guys that haven't said anything yet. So let's talk about – oh, go ahead, Adam. Can we can we get an update from Zach? I know he posted on the board. Just a Conrad Hussey update because that's the one high school kid that we're still waiting on. That's exactly what actually what I was going to say. Oh, but, yes, yeah, let's talk about Conrad Hussey. Yeah, so um, this one's been absolutely insane. I kind of – uh, illustrated that on the message board. Um, I check in on this multiple times every day, and it seems like every time I get on the phone, um, something new has developed in this one. Um, and it's usually a, a leader change or a change in the announcement time, 
Um, it, it's been crazy. Um, but yeah, so I reported tonight that I think this one will come down to Penn State and Florida State. Penn State is the school that Conrad Hussey's committed to, four-star defensive back out of St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, Miami's involved too. They're still, you know, trying to get him on the phone and stuff. But from what I've been told, I, I think they have a lesser shot um, than the other two. Um, you know, Hussey was supposed to announce his decision today. He did not, to my knowledge. Um, he is now planning to do it tomorrow, from what I've been told. Um, <laughs> when he wants to have a, a final decision, yeah, who okay. knows? This, this could all be um, irrelevant, like I said, um, in another hour. But um, if I had to predict <laughs> it right now, I'd have him ending up at Penn State. Um, I think they've been there the entire time um, throughout his you know, recruitment. Obviously, he committed there um, in, in April. Um, so a staff that's been on him for a long time has, has built great relationships. And, then, and that staff does a, a really good job inside the Sunshine State um, with, with Juwan Sider and, and others on that, on that coaching staff up there in Happy Valley. Um, and, and right now, I think they're in a better position to close this one out. That, that's what I reported. Um, right. I, you know, I don't think FSU's out of it, um, but for right now, that's kind of what where I'm leaning. You, you used a specific word in your report on most 24-7. What, what was the word you used of why you think Penn State is? It starts with an R. The fa- your favorite buzzword? Relationships. Yeah. All right. So is now a good time to, to, to be have a real conversation? I mean, we've, we've gotten the Conrad Hussey update, but like, can we have a conversation about why is it on the defensive side of the football we have so much trouble with closing recruitments out, especially with guys that you supposedly have relationships with? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, Zach, what do you think? What I mean, you're, you, you use the Conrad Hussey, and then you can just – I mean, we, we all know what happened with Keldrick Falk. Same sort of thing. Hugh Freeze, the the, the – the glowing uh, pillar of Christian faith and values that he is, comes in, swoops up, takes Keldrick Falk from us, uh, a kid that talked about relationship, 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 committed to a guy that has like a third of a staff composed that he's known for like three weeks. So, okay, either he was bull, he was bull crapping you or <laughs> Hugh is just a really great first impression guy. What what do you think about the ability of the defensive? Like, what, what do you think? It, is it the type of relationships? Do they get? Com- is there complacency after the like after we feel like we're in a good spot or the commitment's been made? What, what do you think? Is there a process that's wrong? Are there not enough resources from like an off field staff perspective? What what have you seen that you think could be, be tweaked so it's not like this every early signing day on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, I think the relationships, um, you know, maybe they've been overblown by uh, media or recruits, um, you know, as, as far as how much they actually matter. Obviously, it's a case-by-case basis with the specific recruit. But as far as FSU's process, um, I think they need to be a little bit more forthcoming with the recruit and trying to obtain information about their recruitment, right? Um, it seems like a lot of times they're in the dark about other teams being involved. And, you know, sometimes that that's you're trying to be respectful to the recruit and not be too nosy. Um, but at the end of the day, you're trying to land him. Um, you're trying to add him to your program and you need to be able to fend off other schools that are uh, involved. Um, and I think FSU needs to be better in that department and, and being you know able to obtain information about a recruitment in a more efficient manner, especially on the, de- the defensive side of the football. Um, you know, obviously, I think the best example of that is Keldrick Falk's uh, kind of surprise visit to Auburn 
I, I had gotten word of that earlier today, earlier that day. Uh, you know, I'm not sure FSU staff knew about that happening until uh, reports were out there. So um, something that, you know, obviously changed the outlook of that recruitment completely. Um, if they were, if they had known about that possible visit, maybe a day or two before they have, you know, a plan in place to maybe try and not let it happen and not let this recruitment materialize into what it became, um, which is a, you know, a late flip to Auburn. So um, that's, that's kind of my knock on, on, you know, what they need to do better in their relationships and their conversations with prospects, um, especially on the defensive side of the football. Um, but yeah, it's an important thing to, to this process. Uh, the ability to obtain accurate uh, information and to act on that information. Um, and I think that that process is lacking a little bit for Florida State. Um, do you think also, and I'm going to get Ingram's perspective on this next, obviously the information that we're getting, it's either not being asked for in a forthcoming manner. I think there is a difference between trying to get an accurate, like having an honest conversation with a kid, like a dude like Alex Atkins does about where he's standing in a recruitment to Mario Cristobal furiously pulling odd stats and shooting them at yeah. somebody's mom at all like layers of the night. There is a happy medium, I think. So do you think it's just the information gathering process or do you think that there is a component of, I don't know, energy, willingness to recruit like a madman on the defensive side of the ball? Um, do you think that the guys that we currently have over there right now have the ability to up their game with some minor tweaks? Possibly. Um, I don't, okay. you know, AB says no, um, but I'm not going to, you know, doubt anyone. People get, People can change the way they recruit, right? Sure. Um, but these are people grown can't men. change who they are, though. And Correct. That but they can change the way they handle recruitments, and they I can. Think, yeah. But but yeah. yeah, you're right. In their conversations, you know, if they're not getting it done based on you know not being able to to uh, jive with with you know these kids, I mean that's their job, right? To recruit. Um, sure. If they, if they can't do that, then that's probably not going to change. But they they can change in uh, in how they you know are asking questions. Uh, like I said, obtaining information. So that, that part of it maybe is a little bit um, you know more manageable. Or at the end of the day, um, if the results aren't there at a consistent enough basis, Mike Norvell is the head man, and that that, that eventually falls on him to, um, in some cases, maybe make change. Right? Uh, we haven't seen him do that a ton. Um, they and, and that's been kind of a sell of this program too. Is is that um, you've been able to sell continuity on the staff? Um, that's something that is a benefit. Uh, we've seen recruits talk about that. Keith Sampson obviously with Odell Higgins and that's not just a Norvell thing, but he's been around for however long, 20 plus furniture. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, that kind of stuff does help Florida state in recruiting. Um, but at the end of the day, end of the day, um, some of those situations, maybe uh, you need to, to create change. Um, and, and I think that would um, ultimately be beneficial for all sides. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know what specific uh, coaches or positions, whatever, uh, we won't need to get into that, but um, if the results aren't there, um, I think it's it falls on Norvell to make change. I, I'm in sales, so my perspective on it is this, and I've worked with a bunch of sales guys, good, bad, some that started off mediocre and got better. To me, you can change processes. You can change your style a little bit. You can adapt. You can actually find a job of sales, which is what recruiting is, that is more personally comfortable to you, more natural, more organic. The thing you can't fix is like a lack of inner initiative, passion, natural curiosity. I think that's what the head man needs to do, figure out like, are these things that can be tweaked via like best practices and processes or 
recruiting is also in somebody's DNA, right? If it ain't there, you can't inject it, at least not yet. Ingram, Ingram, what do you think about um, the recruiting on the defensive side of the ball? What do you think about an early signing day where we've been caught, we've been caught flat-footed a couple times? Obviously, it was better this year. Which duh, it should have been. You went nine and three, and you actually have a collective that doesn't suck now. Thank you. Um, but we still got caught flat-footed a little bit, man. What What do you think it is? Is it systemic? Like just something that can be cleaned up? It's It's hard to say exactly. Uh, I don't know that it's also appropriate for me to be too critical of of, of coaches who I don't really. Like all I can tell you from the knowledge that I know from my position is that I I didn't know a whole lot and I thought I knew everything before going into it. So um, I'll say that. <clears throat> I will say that there appears to be, you know, there appears to be some kind of repetitive pattern here uh, with with an inability to uh, completely, you know, finalize a recruitment, and maybe that's still just the lingering effects of what transpired from 2017 to 2021, you know, it may take a second for us to wash that office and, and we're continually kind of paying uh, the tax for that. But, you know, I I think this set up relatively well. Yes, it was an early signing uh, period, but it was two weeks later than it was last year. So, you know, you did get a little bit more time to live off some of that positive energy that you created during the course of the season and things. Uh, And look, 2024 is, going to have to be a banner recruiting class and it's going to have to be that at the high school ranks. You're going to have to show, in my opinion, anyways, I think you're going to have to show that you can recruit the high school ranks at a, at a level that uh, you haven't to this point yet been able to do. And uh, you certainly think that this year will go a long way in, uh, in allowing you to do that. And to be fair, you are getting glimpses of that ability, dude. Hakeem Williams, do not do not fool yourself. That was an absolutely down and dirty, old school recruiting plus new school NIL bloodbath slugfest of recruitment. Florida State came on top without pretty much any drama. Ask even the big NIL boys like how Cormani McLean's doing right now. Ask like Jury and Dickey. Ask like there's. There was Austin Novosad, Baylor to Oregon, dude, quarterback recruits it's happening with. It's so there are glimpses of it. Lucas Simmons, Blake Nicholson, same thing. You pluck a kid from across the country, obviously some previous relationships. So they have shown the ability, but you met the needs. It's not enough to get past that level. And I think that why people are probably some of you listening right now are being like, why are you belaboring this so much after the work you've done in the transfer portal? A nine and three season most likely a 10th win coming in Orlando. Mike Norvell covered in Cheez-Its and of every shape, size, and flavor. Like, it's it's a good year, man. It's a it's our best year we've seen in six years. But I think that why people are belaboring it and taking a look at it is because the potential for more is there, and it doesn't take an overhaul, dude. It's just you a missed opportunity here or there, but once you start stacking them up, you look at it three years from now and be like, man, if we had only done this, we could have been even further along in the climb. Right? It's also like a wildly new air. And I should probably just shut up here at, at 1030 at night. But like like an asshole like myself is running a collective. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like imagine imagine that being the case four or five years ago, even explaining to coaches that this would be the case, you know, so. There's a whole different situation. I think skill sets that served guys historically aren't nearly as important now. 
you know, like it, it, like it's a different being a recruiter is a different thing than it was even in 2018. Okay. So I do think that the job has changed significantly. And I think that the, um, you know, just everybody is going to have to adapt accordingly to that. And it's just a different, it's a different situation, different landscape and a, and a totally different way of going about the process. I think that's fair. It's sort of like a little bit of a learn to code aspect, man. You either adapt or die and it's, we'll see. I think based on whatever moves they do or don't make with the composition um, and the results that they have in 2024, then this won't be so much of a hypothetical argument anymore. It'll be like, hey, this is what it is. Is it acceptable or not? And how successful actually can it be as a test case? So I think a lot of questions to be answered, but I'm with you guys on more. I think it minor tweaks here and there. I think they're close. It's just you don't want to keep stacking up missed opportunities, man. Like the the window for success in college football, it's a cyclical sport anyway, but it's finite. I also think it's important to, for people for us to put this conversation into some context that we're all very happy with what happened today. Like, yes, yes, especially absolutely. If can, especially if they can find a way to land Conrad Hussey. Like, it's very good what happened today. It was a good day. We all just think it can be better and needs to be better if you're going to take your program to – what you classified in uh, after a bowl practice, um, you classified it as wanting to take the championship steps. That you are now going to compete for championships. If those are your words, you now have to be held to that in every standard. And part of that is high school recruiting. And this is not being done at a championship standard right now. Yeah, and I think that now, even with 2024, they're starting off in a way better place than Absolutely. they were last year. Yep. The environment surrounding the program, um, by the way, this episode is sponsored by The Battle's End, is much better than it was before, right? There's way more There's way more support, investment, just positive energy around it. So they got all the success to do it. And one area where there's not faltering is the transfer portal. Before we get off here, boys, let's talk about transfer portal and retention because – those are areas where there are no questions. Florida State is a top five, if not even higher, arguably transfer portal destination in the entire country. And I don't think that should be scoffed at. And I also think I'm not going to get into this side of the conversation. That's recruiting too. I think that that should be like, that That should really be taken into account um, when we talk about overall recruiting acumen of the staff. Transfer portal. Zach, What's next? Who's next? I think the next guy, the two guys that people are looking at are Braden Fisk from uh, Western Michigan, Fintrell Deuce Cypress from Virginia. What are we thinking? Introducing Adam is throwing something on it's, the screen. It's uh, Hakeem Williams' merch line he just dropped. Um, you can go buy in Hakeem We Trust shirts. Um, those, those are the shirts that he was uh, uh, donning at the uh, the ceremony today. Um, yeah, I put the link on the Nulls 247 message board so you can go check it out. Um, but yeah, they're excited Shout about that. Hakeem. I'm glad Jaheim Bell's hacker didn't get into Hakeem. It looks <laughs> like they have somebody up their security. Dude, so that's that hacker's good. a great graphical design guy. Um, looking and the audacity of that fool to design a full line of Florida State gear for that kid. And really? Hacker, just, how dare he? How dare he? Um, no, but oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So moving into the portal stuff, you know, you mentioned Fisk and, and Cypress. So I'm actually going to talk about, you know, the Miami offensive line transfer. John Campbell first. I Great think call. Could, yeah, that that news could come 
Um, you know, as far as the decision for him earlier than the, the other two aforementioned guys, um, I think FSU sits in a good, a great spot with him. They hosted him for an OB this past weekend for kind of a one day plus a little bit of time on Saturday um, deal. Um, he's a kind of a like a tackle, uh, a guy that you know, I don't know if is going to be a, a surefire starter, but a guy that provides them some experience and some depth uh, at the very least if they were able to land him. Um, as far as the other two, um, you know, Brendan talked to to, uh, to Fisk, um, the, the Western Michigan defensive tackle transfer. Um, he's a guy that visited Notre Dame, USC, and Florida State over the past couple of weeks. And it looks like um, he's going to spend, you know, the next little bit of time coming down to to a decision on whether, you know, to make a decision on, on one of these schools or to, to extend his recruitment a little bit into January to take some more visits. So, you know, to be determined on that one. You know, Fentrell Cypress, I think FSU sits in a really good spot with um, other schools involved, UCLA, LSU. Uh, I guess, you know, we'll kind of see. I, I think the key for him will be um, whether he takes his recruitment a little bit into January. Like I said with Fisk, um, that's that's something a lot of these transfer portal prospects will be considering, um, you know, as far as letting other schools get in the mix. Um, we'll see. I think FSU feels really good about where they stand after the official visit uh, that he took to Florida State this past weekend. I think it was pretty huge to, to have um, him only visit FSU uh, within, within the last week um, uh, before the dead period hit. Inger, many thoughts on the transfer guys? Um, I'll only comment on the guys that have signed, and I think you, you did an exceptional job. I think Byers is, outside of Hakeem Williams, the most important name that we'll discuss today, and maybe your best offensive lineman immediately. Uh, I think – Jaheim Bell, uh, DBA, Standing on Business Incorporated, is uh, like <laughs> one of a guy that I'm exceptionally excited to see, and exceptionally excited to see what he means to this offense and how they can use him. Uh, so I think there's been some absolute massive gets in the portal. The kid from Shorter College, it may take a second for him to adjust to competition, but dude, that's a body that you haven't had in a, in a tight end room in 15. God no, like it's totally different. Totally different. So, um, you know, we can have a, a an honest back and forth about some of the things that we love on the high school scene and some of the things that we see as a, a troubling uh, reoccurrence. But uh, you got to give everybody their credit for what's been done in the portal here. You're a top three school in the country when it comes to portal uh, evaluation. Now, it's going to be different. It's not going to be as easy. You're never going get to get a kid like Jermaine for for nothing uh you know for mm -hmm. you're probably not going to grab another uh another verse for you know next to nothing if i'm uh it's just different and it, people have a better idea as to what this landscape looks like and the premiums are going to be put on line of scrimmage and and not even letting line of scrimmage talent get into the portal uh so it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves uh i would be exceptionally hesitant to just extrapolate that oh, we're going to go get an elite end in the portal every year because you're not. They're not going to be there. <laughs> uh, but I think what this staff has done is has been very, very impressive. And they deserve, uh, you know, they deserve their, their rightful kudos for that. Speaking of impressive, I, I think you're right about that, where we have been. I don't want to say spoiled because these kids were evaluated, closed on, and recruited, but there's going to be a lot more collectives taking a uh, – stealing the concept of the battle's end, and those type of kids ain't going to make it. They're not going to make it out like they have been these first couple of years. So speaking of retention, you can lay out or you can talk about it if you want, but I guess vaguely – 
Any more graphics we might see from the Battles in Twitter account coming up here soon? Any any things that I could retweet for you? You know, you can let me know. Nobody's listening. Don't worry. Nobody's listening. Definitely. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, man. We um, what I am, and I, I meant to talk about this on the Nolcast tonight, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> bud in your face. <laughs> yeah, in your face, bud. Uh, we signed a contract yesterday. The fact that we sponsored the signing day coverage today was the first step in that. But uh, what I can tell you is that we signed a extensive deal. And part of that deal was for IP. So there'll be no more scrubbed uniforms on announcements. So Come we'll on! Announcement tomorrow uh, of a impressive player in full uniform wearing a jersey. Oh. Now, not anybody. I'm not teasing anything that you guys aren't otherwise familiar with. Well, but the bobs are flying. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I <laughs> I, I realize some sign off a conversation and be like, oh my god, I just started a a rumor mill that I did not mean to at all. Uh, so, but yeah, Everybody no, coming I'm, back. let's go. Uh, yeah, exactly. Confirmed. Uh, <laughs> in fact, we, we just found uh, uh, Walter Jones, a couple years of eligibility that we didn't know. Yeah, he's back, man. He's uh, totally yeah. fine. So, uh, but no, we're, we've got the ability to use IP and that'll be awesome in, in promotional uh, aspects, but also it'd be great for my timeline, not to fill up with the same 29 assholes who fill up uh with the bc on every graphic yeah. that i put out so that would hey, be awesome to get away from does some of those 29 guys have a Knowles 24 7 <laughs> membership i've seen that joke a while <laughs> speaking of guys coming back now i know what marvin jones senior's uh little kebab emoji was for we're getting him back on the field suiting him up right ingram that's uh if i had anything to do with it yes i would use <laughs> i would run away with all of the money that i have and try to see if we couldn't get marvin to play again absolutely <laughs> I love it. Be on the lookout, guys. Um, anything else that you would like to add as your Jerry Springer final thoughts out of all this? I thought this was a good, wide-ranging conversation. It's a good. I feel good. I really do. And it's 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 early signing day, which is National Signing Day. It's a roller coaster, but I feel good. Oh yeah. Also hit the like button, you filthy animals. Zach, what do you think? Postmortem, final thoughts? We feeling good, overall positive? Today, was it a good day, Ice Cube? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I'm going to compare it to last year just because of how terrible that day went. You know, at least, you know, at the very least, like, you don't have anything similar to that. Um, there are no surprise, like, crazy, you know, happening today, honestly, um, which is which is a plus. Um, and you get, you get your, your class uh, locked down for the most part. Um, you know, all, all the guys that, that are currently in the boat are, are locked in for, uh, signed in, in December. Um, you don't really have any remaining guys you have to worry about, which I think is a plus, like I said before, and then, you know, they're, you're killing in the portal and I don't think you're done there either. So, um, yeah, I feel pretty good about where FSU is standing, you know, could it have been better? Yes. We talked about it th- that at length. Um, but, I, but I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with, with where, um, things stand right now. 22 now, how many more do you expect? Rough estimate. Um, tough to say, you know, I think uh, some of that depends on, you know, if FSU has any, you know, post post bowl game departures, maybe, um, from the program as far as attrition, but, you know, maybe three to five, I think it's a fair number right in the portal. Um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you add another D tackle. Obviously they're trying to with Fisk, um, a few more defensive backs, uh, and then, you know, we'll see where, where else, where things stand, maybe an edge rusher as well. Um, I think that's definitely going to be a guy in the portal that uh, or a position in the portal that, that uh, FSU prioritizes over the next month and change. 
All right. Well, glad I don't have the chat up while I do this. But it sounds like Jim's having a blast. Ingram, what do you think? Postmortem final. Like, what do you think? Final thoughts on, on signing day. Adam, Adam is just he's, – he's a very professional troll, but he can't help himself. Um, go ahead, Ingram. What do you think? What do you think how today went? I don't think that was Adam's <laughs> fault. But, uh, no, it was, it was a great day, all things I'll considered. Hold. There were some there were some significant moments of uh, disappointment, but that's what signing day is going to be for for damn near every school that's not located in you know Athens, Georgia, right now. So uh, it it was what it was. It'll be interesting to see how staff adjust. Uh, they've they've learned from you know previous challenges uh, in the past, and uh, we'll just have to see. But no, I mean things are on the uh, the uptick for this program. I think today was a, another example of it. Was it, you know, maybe as quite of a shining and, and bright example uh, as we had hoped to be? Uh, maybe not, but still, you you improved your roster significantly, showed you had the ability to go out and get a kid uh, in Hakeem Williams that Bama, Georgia, A&M, Miami, every other school that you think of that doesn't lose too many battles on the recruiting trail, uh, lost one today. And Their battles it. ended today, and that was a big step. Absolutely, their yeah. battles ended today. Is that is that what happened? Yes. Yeah, their battles ended. I don't know if you caught that. Anyway, Adam, what do you? <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, You're kidding. It wasn't a. It wasn't a good day. It wasn't a bad day. It was. A, it was a day. Oh, <laughs> it was good overall. Good. Stop it, you big surly so and so. Can I finish my? Sentence? I thought you said we were yeah. very happy about today. What the happened? Program, he just he's a flip flopper, dude. Yeah. Oh, I'm not flip flopping anything program keeps moving forward they, i mean they got better yes they did but i don't think you could classify it as a good day because they did miss out on on a keldrick falk they didn't get you know they i th- thought they had some opportunities at a couple spots where they could have really taken the next step and they didn't today so i'm not gonna classify it as good but it wasn't bad so i think that that's where i'm at it's just a, it was a it was it's a day. progress yeah it was it's progress. you're right it's progress for them and i think the thing that excites me the most is mike is a constant evaluator and, and really good at finding weaknesses in it throughout his program, and I think he's going to do that. Adam's wrong. It was a good day. It wasn't a great day, but I had a pretty good day. And I tell you what was great, this stream with my three buddies, my three pals, my three amigos. Guys, thank you, all the peeps in the chat, even Jim. Thank you guys for everything. I learned how to turn That's on the true. comments on a chat, and I will. Uh, I don't think I'm actually going to turn them on again. That was a lot of information to process. Just like all the information that we gave you guys to process. Listen, Knowles 24-7, we're not done. You heard it from Ingram's mouth. Look out. Florida State Uni's on the battles in graphics. We got a lot of stuff, and Knowles 24-7 is the premier hub to get all your information. If you're not a subscriber, you're a loser, so fix it. Also, subscribe to all of our YouTube pages. Zach and I are going to be just lighting this medium on fire with a whole lot of dope AF content. Guys, I love you. We made it through, and it was a good day. I love you guys. Keep chopping. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 